It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. It is Monday, April 18th, 2022. I'm Shauna. Beckler is away today. He took an extra long, a long, long weekend uh, to go and be with the family in Saskatchewan and celebrate Easter and all that good stuff. I feel like a lot of people are doing that, and I feel like it's even more evident now that I think people have a bit more of a, a flexible work schedule. Like, I don't know why. I've noticed this with every long weekend since the pandemic began that the uh, Thursday before, let's say this past Friday, because we had Friday off, Thursday was also dead. And today was super dead. And the roads, like, there's just nobody on the roads. And I'm like, I feel like everybody is just now kind of taking these extra long weekends a bit more than they used to. And again, I think it has to do with people doing the hybrid kind of half work from home, half not deal. And people have a bit more flexibility now. And I think that's fantastic. I truly do, because I think that we need uh, more time for ourselves and more time to relax. So if you're able to do that, take a couple extra days here and there, get ahead of your work and do that. uh, That is fantastic, as you should. Uh, Coming up, we've got a real, real Vancouver soft uh, article for you, of course. Um, I... I did something really embarrassing. Like, I, it was really dumb. We'll get to that in just a minute. Like, but one of the more embarrassing things or moments I've had in a long time. Uh, I've got an etymology from you, a super interesting one. We're going to talk about a friend of mine who's actually an extra for The Last of Us, for that filming that's happening in the city, and uh, how cool that experience has been for him. But first, kind of a serious note, and a lot of people sent messages over the weekend about this. Uh, one of our, our good friends, and I like to say friend of the show, uh, had some, some news over the weekend. So we'll get to that first. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So this is really sad. I'm sure you saw this news over the weekend. Actually, we got tons of people messaging us because, of course, people know that we love Buck and Pat, the Blue Jays commentators. We always uh, imitate them in the most loving way. Uh, Buck Martinez, though, uh, of the Blue Jays, the the legendary broadcaster for the Blue Jays, uh, announced this weekend that he is going to be stepping away from the mic for a little bit to undergo cancer treatment. He says he hopes to return for the pennant race, and of course we're sending all of our love to Buck and his family. But I thought this might be a cool time to uh, recall, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, two friends of the show, Carrie and Vaughn, for my birthday this past year, got me one of those memos from Buck Martinez himself. So he actually gave me a personalized message and it's funny because I don't know if you've seen these memos before. Some of these different celebrities will do this where you, you pay a little bit of money and then they'll give you a personalized message. Some of them are awful, right? Some of them you can tell that the celebrity just doesn't care. They want your money and they basically throw your name there and just are not interested at all. Buck Martinez, though, in this memo, was he was so sincere and you can just tell that he's such a good dude. So I want to replay this for you. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't know how to pronounce my name, so he calls me Sienna, which, I mean, understood. My name, the spelling of it is S-E-A-N-N-A. It looks like Sienna, but this is the message from Buck Martinez. Hey, Sienna, Buck Martinez here. Carrie and Vaughn tell me you're quite the radio host on X92.9 in Calgary. They also tell me you have a pretty good idea how to do the Buck and Pat show. Well, we have a lot of fun doing it, as you know, and... Of course, every ball game starts with, it's a beautiful night for baseball. And you can't ask for more, Sienna, that's for sure. I've been blessed to be involved with baseball all these years, over 54 years now. Been doing this and having a great time doing it. And I'm sure you're having a great time hosting the radio show. 
So good for you, Sienna, and thank you so much for being such a great fan. We appreciate your loyalty. And once again, we want to wish you and remind you that Carrie and Vaughn and Buck all want to wish you a very happy birthday. Keep up the great work. Bye for now. Still one of the coolest birthday gifts I've ever been given. Uh, that was legendary Blue Jays commentator Buck Martinez, who just announced over the weekend that... The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Rebecca and I like to, sometimes when the news is a little bit harder here, turn to Vancouver. Because for some reason, the news there just seems to be a little softer. Uh, they tend to live in a warmer climate, and with that, I think, comes a, just a, a softness, like a soft-shell crab. Anyway, here's one. I don't even have to do anything here. This was just a headline that came out on the weekend about Vancouver, and I'm just I'm just going to read you this article, okay, because there's no dramatization needed here. Vancouver temperature record shattered after coldest morning ever. And then goes on to say... In the morning on Saturday, April 16th, the temperature in Vancouver dropped down to a chilly minus 1.2. Like, are, are you kidding me? A chilly minus 1.2. First of all, you should probably just refrain from using the word chilly because that in itself was just a soft word. I don't know, but okay, sorry, I'll continue. The coldest morning ever recorded on that date. According to a tweet from weather historian Rolf Campbell, also Rolf, great name, Warmer temperatures are on their way, but not before more chilly late nights and early mornings. Again, chilly, gotta take that out of there, okay? Just gotta remove that word from there. While the temperature in Vancouver is set to stay above freezing, the low on Saturday is expected to be plus two, and Tuesday it dips down to plus three degrees. I can't even take this seriously. God bless you, Vancouver, okay? Like, I get it. It's cold for April, but you you can't you can't make that national news and not have us want to make fun of it, okay? The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I had a real brain fart on the weekend, like a, a real human boof. Beckler and I always talk about how boofs are when you frig something up. Um, I don't even think I should be admitting this, but I am, okay? I was at this really nice restaurant. And uh, my mom phoned, and they had just given up the house in Brampton, so it was kind of important. I was like, okay, I'm going to uh, take this call because they're, like, officially just moving out of my childhood home. So I, I'm i kind of on the phone, and I'm half paying attention. And first of all, I veer into this uh, opening that I thought was the door, and in fact it wasn't. There were people sitting there. It was like a window that opened up, and people were sitting. So and I'm like, oh, sorry, okay. So I walk around them. And then I'm trying to find the front door. And it's dark in here because they like the mood lighting, right? They like it to look a little a little dark, which is fine. But then I'm like, where is the door? And I'm starting to freak out a little bit at this point because there's a lot of people around and I feel like people are staring. So then I open this door and I try to go inside it. And as I basically step inside, I realize it was just the closet where they hang your coats. So then I'm starting to panic even more. And I don't know if this happens to you, but as you get in that panic-stricken mode, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So then I, I shut the closet again, and then I'm looking for the front door, and I finally find it, and it's this very no narrow door, and I'm trying to pull on it. I don't know if it's a pull or a push. So then I'm freaking out, and I can't open the door, and I finally get outside, and at this point, I'm like, I feel like the whole restaurant just saw this massive buff happen. It was... It was a time. Okay, It was a very embarrassing moment in my life. And I was like, these people probably think I'm absolutely wasted. Like, I tried three times to get to the door to outside. And three times I failed before finally getting out there. People probably thought I was dumb as a box of rocks. They're probably like, what is wrong with this woman? Like, 
again, though, sometimes, you know, you you get spiraling and you just can't stop that spiral. And that was one of those moments. To be fair, though, maybe we should up the lighting in some of these places just a little bit, just a smidge, you know, just give us a little more because I felt like I needed a guide rope of some sort to get from one place to the other. You know, I shouldn't feel the need to wear night vision goggles when I'm going for dinner. You know, I shouldn't be playing hide and seek with the doors of where the bathroom is or how to actually escape from the restaurant. I'm just saying. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Etymology with Shauna. So somebody over the weekend said running amok. They're like, oh, yeah, they ran amok. And I was like, amok is a super strange word. Where does that come from? So a running amok means to describe wild or erratic behavior, right? Like if you're running amok, you're... You're running around erratically, essentially. You're doing some weird behaviors. Uh, So the phrase actually began as a medical term. So back in the 18th and 19th centuries, uh, Europeans would visit Malaysia, and they learned of this really weird mental affliction that caused these tribesmen to go on brutal, random killing sprees. There was no reason for it. They said, like, it was really weird. It would be otherwise normal tribesmen, and they'd just go on these random killing sprees. So amok came from the word Amuko, which was a band of Javanese and Malay warriors who were known for their their violence. They were just known to be extremely violent. So so basically anyone who displayed this kind of crazy violence then was known as Amok. So in 1772, it was actually Captain James Cook, the famous explorer, and he wrote this. He wrote, to run Amok is to sally forth from the house, kill the person or persons supposed to have injured the amok and any other person that attempts to impede his passage. So that's kind of where the term began and then it grew from there. But it's crazy because it actually found its way into psychiatric manuals, uh, amok being a diagnosable condition that people can have, and it's still that way to this day. You can actually be diagnosed with amok still to this day. It's in the Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. So there you go. Running amok. Now we know where that came from. Etymology with Shauna. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. A couple orders of business. First of all, I'd like to give a shout out to Rusty. Uh, his mom messaged on Instagram. Rusty's a huge fan of the BNS podcast and our show. And uh, I guess he was super excited that the cops segment came out of retirement briefly the other day. He was listening to it and uh, dancing to it. So thanks for listening, Rusty. You're the best. Uh, also, we've been getting tons of requests for other etymologies, uh, which is kind of cool. So I thought I'd do a quick bonus etymology on the podcast, too, because got a message from Brittany over the weekend. She said, can you tell me where the phrase below this popsicle stand comes from? And this one's really funny because there's this kind of legend to go along with that saying, but nothing to back it up. But when you look into it, um, they basically say that there's this story and the story itself is hilarious. So I'll read this to you again, though. Probably not true, probably more of an urban legend, still pretty cool. So the story goes that a Jamaican man named Antoine Cleo, he coined this phrase in the 1940s, and Antoine had some some pretty odd beliefs. I guess he believed that uh, filling the area of a popsicle with radioactive materials could serve a purpose in acting as a biological warfare agent against other countries. Okay, so that's what he believed. He also believed the radiation produced by these weapons would be sufficient enough to create brainwashing, okay, in people, which what he wanted. Um, but anyway, Antoine, he had these plans for world domination, and I guess they came to an end when a cult named the Kindred Spirits decided to bomb all the popsicle stands in major cities. Again, all that sounds a bit crazy. Look into it. 
can't find much about it. So I think that this is just a, a lovely story to go along with Let's Blow This Popsicle Stand. More likely, it kind of extended from Let's Blow This Pop Stand, and it just means, like, get out of here, you know? Like, they just, everybody used to go to the pop stand, and then they just want to get out and just kind of morphed into it from there. But, but this insane story about Antoine, Cleo, and... The bombing of popsicle stands. I mean, much more entertaining, for sure. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So I went to a movie this past weekend for the first time in maybe seven years, which is insane to think about. Like, I think I've only been to one other movie since moving to Calgary, and that was nine years ago. So I don't know what it... I don't know why. Like, I always think to go, it just never winds up happening. Anyway, I went to one of those fancy theaters and there are some things that have changed. First of all, I was fascinated that rather than waiting in line for the concessions now to have someone hand you your popcorn and nachos and your candy and M&M peanuts and everything else that of course you put, uh, they now have basically an imitation convenience store inside the theaters. Are they all like this now? You walk in and there's basically this like looks like a pop machine in a convenience store and you open it up and that's where you grab your popcorn from. And then they have all kinds of options. They have the bulk five cent candies you can pick from, full bags of pre-popped popcorn. It is insane. Like I was I was blown away by this. I sound like such an old person. I do have some suggestions though, some things that they still need to improve on. So these recliner chairs, they're great of course, but how do they not have a popcorn holder? You know how there are drink holders at hockey games and in theaters, right? But they also need a popcorn holder because the popcorn always winds up in somebody's crotch, which makes things a little bit awkward, especially if you're not dating them, right? Like, and you don't necessarily want the full bag yourself. You do want to share. So you need to have the popcorn holder so that I don't have to reach over and dig through into the crotch of my friends, okay? I mean, we tried to balance it kind of in between us, but then somebody's always holding it to try and balance, and then if it, it flips, you got popcorn everywhere, and it's just, it's a mess. So that's the first thing, okay? Second one, uh, those recliner chairs, of course, they're already mechanical. You can, you know, lift them up and down with the buttons and everything else. They need a subtle vibration for when people fall asleep. Because there was a gentleman who was having, I think, the best sleep of his life uh, behind me. He was snoring a little bit, but I was like, we just need a little a little shake feature, right? Because uh, with, you know, things like smartwatches and there's all kinds of stuff to detect once you're falling asleep now, why not once somebody does in the theater, you just give them a little shake and wake them right back up again. My two suggestions outside of that, it was a phenomenal experience. I just crotchless popcorn, wake me up button. That's it. B and S in 20 minutes or less. Uh, I turned on the TV on the weekend and I was I was cleaning and doing stuff. So I never really looked up to see what it exa- it was that I was watching exactly. Then I heard this noise and I was like, my God, that crowd is insane. Like, what is going on? What am I watching? And I looked up and it was some sort of gymnastics event. I was watching gymnastics. And let me tell you, it was it was a thrill a minute. I had no idea that gymnastics were as exciting as they were. But this event sure made it seem that way. Anyway, like the screaming and the cheering that was going on. I tried to record this for you to give you an idea. Just a, a fair warning. The sound on the broadcast wasn't great to begin with. But just to give you an idea of how obnoxious this was, okay? Wait. Listen to those cheers. 
I heard that and I was just like, holy banana. This is the most exciting. It sounded like a room full of people who all just realized that they won the lottery at the same time. I don't know if I've ever heard a crowd that cranked in my life. Gymnastics, man, it's where it's at. B and S in 20 minutes or less. So a friend of mine is actually an extra for The Last of Us, which of course is filming all around town right now. So cool, by the way, to see like all the sets around town and the zombie apocalypse-esque streets and all that. But uh, my friend got fitted to be an extra on set a couple weeks ago. And then last week, he said he had his first kind of hired work. And he was telling me a bit about it. So they had zombie training last week. So he was saying that they had this professional acting coach that was flown in from, like, California or something to train the extras on how to be a realistic-looking zombie. And he said it actually started with meditation, because the acting coach mentioned that being a zombie goes against every kind of natural, calm instinct you have as a human. So they start with meditation to really make sure that you're at peace with yourself, essentially, and do the opposite. And then after that, they jump into the real zombie training. And to be a good zombie, they say go against all that natural body movement you have. Like, if you'd normally, you know, walk smoothly and, and lurch forward as a zombie, you're supposed to do the opposite. So he said you kind of you walk erratically and you lurch backward. They're like, if you if you normally, let's say, arch your back one way, do the opposite. Basically, do everything to create as much unease in the viewer as possible. So move as unnaturally as you possibly can. It was kind of cool to get the inside peek on how this filming works because I'd never really thought about that before. But it's true. When you watch any zombie movie, there's some sort of unease that comes not just with the look of the zombie, but just the feeling of it and the way that they move and all that. And that is all completely intentional because they want to make it a very uneasy experience for the viewers. So, and it's not just the main actors, apparently. Even the extras are trained to just make you a little uncomfortable when you watch all that. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I don't know if you've seen or read about these, uh, these parachuting spiders that are set to take over the eastern United States this spring. But I guess they can spin webs that are up to 10 feet deep, and they can travel up to 100 miles in one go. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's where the name parachuting spiders come from, is the fact that they have, appear to kind of float through the sky. So, oh good, yes, you'll be able to see a, a spider that's randomly just going to descend upon you. Uh, they're also palm-sized, apparently, so... Yeah, a palm-sized spider could randomly land on your head if you travel to the eastern United States. Good, good. Uh, the good news, though, we don't we don't live in the eastern United States, so that's good. But after I heard this, for some reason, I kept trying to come up with like a a portmanteau for parachuting spiders because parachuting spiders saying that that's a lot of syllables, right? So then in my head, I got going. What else could we call these? Kind of combine those two words together. Uh, in doing so, I learned that parachuting and spider are definitely two words that do not sound good together, and you simply can't portmanteau. Uh, I came up with spashooter, which sounds a little too much like piss shooter to me, or uh, spadooter, which sounds like a bad bum phenomenon of sorts, like, whoops, I just spadooted, okay? Or the other one was parachiter. Nope. So parachuting spider it is. The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Uh, I'm going to a wedding in a couple weeks, and I was just looking over the invitation on the weekend, and clearly printed right on the invite, it says, no gifts, please. Your presence is your gift. Now, I saw that, and I was like, okay, this is a trap, right? Like, they obviously do want gifts. 
Although there's no registry, so I mean, I, I assume they just want money. Or, or do they seriously not want gifts? I mean, I have to give them something, obviously. And I, I figure I will give them some money. But then upon reading that, I I was like, should I give a little bit less than I was going to? I think with them, the reason for this, the majority of their guest list is traveling. Like the wedding's in Toronto, so I'm flying out. And I mean, I'm getting a hotel and that sort of thing. And uh, I know some of the family is actually flying in from India. So obviously that is a huge investment. And I think because of that, they're saying like, don't bring gifts because it's costing you a lot of money to even get to the wedding. And they both make really good money. So they're not pinched financially either. But even still, like I have to give something. What amount do I give? Or do do I go with something just a little more thoughtful instead? I I don't know. I kind of feel like this is a trap. It feels like the wedding invite version of saying I'm fine. You know what I mean? V and S in 20 minutes or less. My parents have been cleaning out their childhood or my childhood home, I suppose. They lived there for 37 years and they officially just moved out this past weekend. So kind of crazy. The childhood home, the home that I grew up in, it's just, it's gone. I was thinking, I was like, I don't... I don't know if I'll ever step foot in Brampton again. All my friends that I grew up with, all of them have since moved from Brampton. So it's just a really weird concept to think. Like, I was like, I may never, ever go to that city again. Strange. But uh, as my mom was cleaning things out, she found she found a couple diaries of mine. So she phoned me and she was just like, so I found these, these diaries. Do you want me to keep them for you? And I, I said no, although at the time I was like, maybe I should have because those would be really funny. Just that's that's some of that stuff that I'm like, I don't even know if I, I want to revisit, like a bit weird. But my mom, when she said it, she made it very clear. She goes, by the way, I would never peek at these. You know that, right? I also found that strange. Like, because a lot of kids have diaries, right? Like, especially, I guess, girls, maybe guys, not so much. But uh, most of my friends had these diaries growing up where we did put some fairly personal things. And my mom was like, no, no, I would never, ever look at that. Like, this is just for you. Is that a normal thing? I feel like it would be tough not to as a parent. No? Is that just like a, a parenting faux pas, though, is going through the diaries? I remember once my dad actually opened a piece of mail that was mine, and I think it was from the bank. And my mom was so mad at him. She was like, you don't do that. You don't open other people's mail. Like, that's just something that you should not do. And she was very, very adamant about this. She was furious about my dad because he kind of looked at my bank statement. And I think he, he made a statement. He wasn't angry about something, but he was just like, oh, you spent a lot of money on this this month or whatever. But my mom was absolutely not. She will not. And same with the diaries. You know, if I was sitting there alone and there are these diaries there and you had a kid, would you not be tempted to just... I don't know, peruse through, look, look at something. I'm very, I'm very proud of my mom for having the, you know, I don't know, the gall not to do that because I feel like I might just take a little peek. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 minutes or less podcast. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 minutes or less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.